Welcome to Cancer and You, with psychotherapist and writer Karen Seeger, who has also been diagnosed with breast cancer twice. The program is for everybody affected by cancer, whether you are the one with the illness, family, a friend, colleague, or healthcare professional. Karen talks about the emotional and mental impact of cancer and how to cope. She records her shows on her orange houseboat on the River Thames in the UK. Please note that Cancer and You does not provide medical advice. And now over to your show host, Karen Seeger. Hello and welcome to the Christmas edition of Cancer and You with me, Karen Seeger. Whether this is your first time here or whether you have come back for more, Thank you for joining me and others who are affected by cancer. Whatever your background, wherever you live, Christmas, like most other festive seasons, can bring a whole range of challenges when we or someone close to us is not well. This is why today's topic is cancer at Christmas, which you can easily replace with other festive seasons in your calendar. Because a lot of what we talk about here today will also apply to other festive seasons. Thank you to all of you who have sent in their questions or advice via social media, my website or the cancer community of livebetterwith.com where I offer free advice for coping with the emotional impact of cancer. Cancer at Christmas can be a very special Christmas tale that is as individual as you and your own circumstances. You may have just been diagnosed and this is your first Christmas with cancer or cancer treatment, or your cancer has come back, or you may be in remission. You may wonder how many more Christmases you may have, or you may already know this could be your last. There are so many possibilities of where you may find yourself at the moment with cancer or because of cancer. You may be the one with the illness or you may be supporting or living with somebody who has cancer. But one thing is for certain. Things are not as they were before. For many of us, the thing about Christmas, well before we may have had cancer, is that Christmas, like other festive seasons, is about community, is about people, is about others. It's about belonging or not belonging. It is about being in company or being alone. Now, if you add to that cancer or any other life-changing illnesses like cancer, then you will know that those illnesses are about being alone. They are isolating. And when Christmas is about community and illness is about isolation, then you find yourself having to work out how to deal with your obligation to your family, your community and to yourself. Or you may find that it is a very isolating time. It might have been a lonely time for you before and now with the illness it can be a lot worse. You may celebrate Christmas this year as before, or in a different way, or not at all. The Christmas spirit around you and memories may be too much. And in some ways it may feel surreal and unreal, 
to be surrounded by all this commotion and all these lights and music and celebrating and good spirits when we are dealing with something so severe and so profound, when we are dealing with our own mortality or that of somebody else. It's like we are part of two different films that have got nothing to do with each other. You may feel obliged for the sake of others to put on a brave face and pretend business as usual. You may realise just how little you can do this year compared to previous years, or things may be better this year than last and you're looking forward in a more positive and hopeful way. You may be listening to this while at home or in hospital, in a hospice or a care home. Christmas this year may be very special and individual to you. Looking at the messages I received for this edition of Cancer and You, three topics stood out. Isolation, feeling obliged to take care of others, and people perhaps not appreciating how hard things can be for us. And what I would like to do next is to share with you some of the correspondence I have received. Eileen says that this season is especially difficult for someone like her who has metastatic breast cancer. The isolation, she says, I experience is amplified by the lack of cards, visits, phone calls and invitations we used to get. I wonder if people are worried that I may not be well or even alive anymore. She goes on explaining, we have moved. People here in the smaller, far more friendly place do not know me as I once was. They know me as I am now. I'm not suggesting everyone gets up and moves their lives, but it is the very best thing we've ever done. Our newer friends are compassionate and one even brought dinner to me because he knew I was not feeling well. Amalia has written in to talk about a different angle of isolation. She has isolated herself from her family throughout her diagnosis and her treatment because she wanted to protect them from the reality of her illness. Now, facing Christmas, things are becoming even more challenging. She says, Hi Karen, I was diagnosed with bilateral breast cancer in January. I have been through a double mastectomy, six months of chemotherapy and two of radiotherapy. All of this without telling my family and closest friends, whom all live very far away. It was my choice because my parents are 80 years old and my mum lost her own mother and two sisters and a brother to cancer. My dad has survived two heart attacks. I've had support from my husband and friends here where I live, but I feel emotionally and physically exhausted and in a lot of pain from chemo and anti-hormonal side effects. I'm terrified at the prospect of Christmas and New Year. I have invented all sorts of excuses for not being able to travel and miraculously managed to avoid sending pictures or talking on cameras. I'm in a dilemma. I've taken things this far to protect my parents, but I'm afraid of not longer being able to cope with my emotions. I cannot imagine ruining their Christmas 
with this news. The worst part of treatment is over and I'm happy I spared them. Every week we spoke on the phone and I told them I was fine. They lived a happy week. I really don't know how I'm going to keep this up during the festive season when everyone wants to have news and feel closer. I've promised to come in April. Maybe by then my hair has grown back enough that I'll be able to tell them it's all behind. Gigi knows what it is like. She wrote in saying, two years ago, I had to wait all over Christmas to find out my diagnosis. Got it just before the new year and told my daughter on New Year's Day. It was difficult. Minsky has a slightly different dilemma. She writes saying, I'm 12 months post breast cancer. My original reconstruction did not match my breasts up in size, so the consultant has said he can look to see what he can do with replacement implants. I thought I was doing well until six weeks ago I got a very bad cold and cough. The cough couldn't go. The doctor sent me for x-rays. They said three weeks for results. Now all the cancer thoughts have come back. Has it spread? Should I go and have reconstruction? Or will they find something else? I'm getting anxiety attacks. I cannot talk to my husband. He just doesn't understand. Eileen, Amalia, Minsky and Gigi talk about how isolating cancer can be and also about the difficulty when we want to protect our families from the news and our families perhaps can't respond in the way that we need them to and offer the support that we so long for during these difficult times with cancer. It's really hard to know what to do for the best when you want to protect others. I remember when I was first diagnosed in 2012, I had just finished my chemotherapy and started with my radiotherapy, I think it was a week before Christmas. I was too unwell to travel and to visit my older parents who were too old to come and visit me. When I was first diagnosed, I too was thinking how I should tell them the news because I was worried what it might do to them. I was considering heart attacks, I was considering depression and anxiety and all of that also made me feel like this would be just another thing for me to deal with that I felt I couldn't and wouldn't want to face. On balance, I decided to tell them there and then what had happened. And it did take a little while for them to get their heads around it. And as Christmas approached, I could feel their concern about how should they celebrate Christmas? Were they really allowed to celebrate Christmas? Would it be in bad form, in bad taste? Would they upset me by putting up the old Christmas tree without me being there? Would it be okay to visit some other friends and family? I felt they needed me to give them permission and I was happy to give them permission because it was important for me that they were all right and that I didn't have to worry about them and I certainly didn't want them to worry about me. Now it's difficult if we have concealed the truth for a long time. I think whatever you choose, whatever you do, have a plan, have a strategy 
And what Amalia is talking about is her own potential strategy. Perhaps she will get through this Christmas and this new year in the knowledge that in April she hopefully will feel better and will look differently and it may make it a lot easier to tell her family then. At the end of the day, we all have choices, but I think it is also important that we think of ourselves. If we take on too much because of others, it's potentially something that we can't carry on with forever or for long enough. It will be a huge strain and burden on us. So nothing really might be ideal and we have to find the solution that comes closest to being acceptable to us and others. If others have a difficulty with what we are going through, then it may also be their responsibility to find ways of taking care of themselves. I am a psychotherapist, which doesn't mean that everybody in my family is sold on the idea that therapy is perhaps the good thing, that therapy isn't something to be ashamed of. My mother in her 80s did decide, without me pressurizing her, I should say, eventually on seeking some therapeutic support and she really benefited from it. It's something that I kept myself well out of. It's something that she had to decide for herself. And so the people around you can also make choices. It is their responsibility. We can't take it on all. Now, Eileen also went on to talk about her frustration with family members who say she looks too well to have cancer, especially to have metastatic breast cancer or any cancer that has returned. And when we are in that situation, people have certain expectations of how we behave socially. Um, they might think, well, you look well enough to participate in a party or in a lunch or in a dinner or to visit or to go out or to receive friends. And it might not be so at all because we might not have the same energy levels as before and we might not be that way inclined anymore. So we may feel often that we have to defend our choices and almost defend that we are unwell. Minsky brought up an important topic, the one about uncertainty, about unexpected turns of events, because cancer, cancer treatment and even remission can be full of uncertainty. And many of you may be listening to this today and may be uncertain. You too may be waiting for results of tests and you may not receive them before Christmas. You may not receive them before the new year. And it's difficult to focus on a lot else when you are not sure what will happen to your life, to be blunt. So it is a difficult situation to be in. It's something that can play tricks on our mood. It can make us feel down. It can give mood swings. It can give us heightened anxiety. Panic attacks were mentioned. So if you are in this situation, do take care. Do pace yourself. 
It takes a lot of energy to deal with this uncertainty and I hope and I wish that you will get good news. So we've talked a bit about the difficulty with feeling isolated at Christmas and not being able perhaps to engage in the way we used to, dealing with expectations of others and our own sense of obligation towards others to protect them from a difficult truth, the guilt that we may feel because of this, but also the strain that we put ourselves under. Now, when we think about Christmas, we also think about the New Year. Usually, the New Year is also about looking back and looking ahead. It is difficult when we are ill, and I include myself in this, sometimes to look back at what once was and never will be again, or also to look ahead and to know there are things that we wanted to happen which will never happen. I know many people are in the same boat and sometimes it feels a bit like whinging to say those things but these are very profound existential feelings. They go to the heart of who we are because looking back and looking ahead can make us feel bereft. It can bring home to us just how much we have lost and here I'm not even talking about losing lives. But many of you listening to this today will have lost someone to cancer and others listening to this today may know they are perhaps the ones that will die of cancer sooner than later. Any of us in this position who have been affected by cancer and who have had the illness or who have the illness, we are aware of our own mortality. This can make this time of year even harder and darker and something that we just wish to get done and over with. How can we deal with all of this in a way that is helpful? And I always advocate that we find some time to face up to those difficult feelings, to those difficult realities, because that's the only way of getting through it at least a bit and to find a position about the rest of the life that we have however long however short find a position that we deal with that and make choices that are in our own interest this may sound difficult and it may sound a bit complicated it doesn't have to be that way you may be in a position where you need to make choices about your type of treatment about the work that you do, about friendships, about your daily routine. You may want to start doing something new and something different because there are things that you had to give up and had to stop. You may want to reach out for some help. You may want to talk to others. You may use this opportunity when you feel perhaps isolated and alone to start thinking about what you can do about that. Small things can make a big change. One piece of advice that was shared with us by the people behind the Twitter account Emus Search, which is a stem cell register, they say the best advice we received was you've got today and your loved one is with you 
enjoy it. Tomorrow is promised to no one. Don't let the maybes of tomorrow take your today. And I think that's a really important thought to end on. I wish all of you a peaceful Christmas and a good start to the new year. And if you know you are not going to make it or that somebody else is not going to make it, then I wish that you can make the best of the time that you have left, that you can make use of the time that you have, that you can perhaps say the things that you haven't been able to say so far, whatever you do, don't take anything with you that is heavy and that fills you with bitterness and disappointment. Find a way of saying it and letting it go. Find a way of making peace with yourself and whoever else you need to make peace with. It is certainly something on my to-do list. I hope you have found today's program of use. There is so much we can say about cancer at Christmas and New Year. If you have some time, check out the other episodes of my podcast Cancer and You and also check out my second podcast series which is called Soul Cravings which is about a whole range of different things about hope, about creativity, also about grief and there are some interesting interviews there too. You may also want to browse some of my articles on my website Karen Sieger. K-A-R-I-N-S-I-E-G-E-R KarenSieger.com Look after yourselves and I look forward to welcoming you here again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Cancer and You with your host Karen Seeger. You can follow Karen on Twitter at Karen Seeger. Catch up with her articles, videos and work via her website, karensieger.com. That is K-A-R-I-N-S-I-E-G-E-R. We look forward to welcoming you here again next time.